of your packet, um, it's the part that says uh, the four goals of discipleship. If you can't find it, ask your neighbor. Uh, should be fairly easy. Um, so, um, so have you? How many people have like? I mean, we're going through a discipleship refresher right now. So, who thinks they know? Like, and it can't be. One of like the pastor's kids. They're like, Ileana, you can't answer. You can't answer. Lydia, you can't answer. I said call. All right. You can't answer. Don't answer. Okay. So who's who? Who has the four goals? You think? Wait! 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 Okay. Worship. In the word, to establish in the word, establish in ministry, and establish in the local church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> no, you just switched up local church yeah, and the ministry. ministry but it's fine, it's Grace. We still love you. It's okay. So, that's awesome. No, yeah. Um, and you should all have some kind of concept because we've been going over it the last, like, three weeks. So, so tonight, it may be um, a little bit of review, seeing that you know, we've gone over it a few times, but this is another opportunity for us to reflect on our lives and see what of these goals are still yet to be established in our lives. No matter how far along you are in your walk, you're probably somewhere along these lines something can be, like, worked at or chiseled away at. Like, your flesh is constantly trying to not allow you to worship God correctly, not allow you to be in the Word like you should, and not doesn't want you to be established in the local church or in ministry. Is that true or not? Like, I mean, like, I know that's true in my life. I know the enemy's constantly trying to distract me from all those things. So, I don't know, maybe you guys are better Christians than me, but... I'm just saying, there's probably a lot of truth to that, but, so, um, awesome. Okay, so, we're going to get started. So, goal number one, to be established, or to establish the believer in wor- in the worship of God. Um, so, Genesis 22, 5, uh, that's a really important verse. Uh, do you guys know why that's an important verse? Pop quiz. Has anyone ever told you? Which one? Uh, Genesis twenty-two five. <laughs> Do you know, Lydia? Yeah. Bingo. It's the first mention of worship in your whole Bible. Out of all the times that worship is said, that's the first time that it's spoken of in the Bible. It's kind of actually far into Genesis. You're like, hmm, it seems weird. Like you'd think like worship is very like. Of course, it's still the first book. But it's still further into the book. But um, so in that in that story, and what's happening is God has promised Abraham 
that through him he would uh, he would make many generations. And at this point, Abraham hadn't up to this point, Abraham hadn't had any kids. They couldn't have kids, and it was like, man, am I gonna have kids? Like, I really would love to have a son, like an heir, someone to like keep my name going, something, you know, and. God blesses him, and he gives him the son that he wanted. And then immediately after, God's like, I want to see how much you actually care about me. You sacrifice your son. And it's like, what the heck, God? Like, you think like, and like, why? What the, that doesn't make any sense. And to me, I mean, I could still read through this story and be like, how, how does that work? That almost sounds like, crazy to you know to us like who think i know we as men and women constantly think we know better than god like we constantly think we know what would be right and what's wrong and we tell people or we tell god all the time like that's wicked like i can't imagine how many times like i've read through my bible and i've gotten to a point of something and i'm like lord help me understand this because like it sounds messed up and I have to come to the point where I realize, like, you know what? God is good. And if he's the potter and we're the clay, who can tell the potter what he can do with the clay? Like, he can do whatever he wants with it. He could crumble it up and throw it in the trash if he wanted to. But he said he loves this clay. Like, praise God, he loves this clay. So, kind of a tangent a little bit. But back to Genesis 22... It says, 22.5, and it says, And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. So what's happening here is God has asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. And before this, you see, I'm positive this was difficult for Abraham. But just before this, it says that Abraham got up early. He was eager not to kill his son. He wasn't like, yeah, I get to kill that stupid Isaac today. Like, he was like, I get to glorify God today. I get to go worship God. And that's, that's the whole point. Like, through this, we see that, like, Abraham's heart was towards worship, was towards God. The way that his posture was before God, the amount of value that he ascribed to God was enough that he would sacrifice his own son. The one son that God said that he'd bring all these nations through. He said, I I don't know how this is going to work out. All I know is that God promised me this thing. I'm going to just keep being faithful and see how it works out. Because maybe, I mean, I just, I try to think about all the things he could have thought about. Like, maybe he'll bring him back from the dead. Like, I don't know. Like, but Abraham was so faithful. He didn't even like, that didn't stop him. He was like, uh, the people that helped them carry all like the wood and stuff to the mountain. He was like, wait here, me and my son are going to go up and worship and we'll be back. <laughs> like, he was like, I really hope, like, you know, he didn't, he didn't like he, stop. He, he wasn't like, never mind, you know. Uh, and it's because Abraham ascribed the correct amount of value to God. It was it was something that was the most important to him. You know, like, we can go throughout our lives and just... I was actually talking to someone really close to me just recently about how much they actually value God. And they're in a place where they don't value God, but they don't see that. Like, 
it's just our lives have become to the point where you could do that. And, like, you think you're fine. You're like, oh, I go to church. Okay, like, that's cool, but do you worship God with your life? It's funny, like, the last part on my page right here is, can you say that you are ready to give your life loving the church? And that, that is worship. Like, to give your life loving the church. To wholeheartedly, like, nothing else is that important. In, in retrospect, even like, like the person I was talking to was talking about how they were, they've been too busy with things. How, like, and Brandon talked about that this morning, like how we constantly think we're too busy. Mm-hmm. I, it'd be, actually, it'd be pretty good exercise, probably for all of us. If we sat down and like calculated just the amount of time we just have to ourselves and just like thought about it for a second. My dad was talking to me about that and he was like, yeah, I looked at it, and I think I have, like, 30 extra hours, like, something, like, throughout my week or something. Like, he does a lot, too. If you knew my dad, my dad's, like, at, like, he does prison ministry, he does this ministry, like, he's all over the place. And you'd think, like, looking at him on the surface, you're like, man, he's, he's a busy dude, and he works a full-time job. And you think, like, oh, man, he's a busy guy. But he, I mean, you look at it and you're like, man, there's a lot of time I can spend for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm selfish. Because our lives, really, if you look at it, I'm like, my life is not Jesus Christ. Christ may have a preeminent place, like Mark Trotter was talking about, but is it Jesus Christ? Like, probably not yet. But the cool thing is, you can get it to that point where, like, our life if you're saved, you're dead, and your life is hidden Christ. Mm. And that's, like, that is something, when it goes from head knowledge to here, like, to your heart, mm. it changes everything. Like, it's not like a, it's more than just, like, a, a mouth service or just, like, something that you do on Sunday or Tuesday. or You could be at church every single day and still not be worshiping God because you don't care about God. <laughs> like you like you actually you enjoy the culture of church more than you love the the church itself. You love uh you love the poetic nature of the KJV Bible more than you actually love the words that are in the Bible, you know? I I was talking about that with a guy at work. Me and uh Mike were like talking to this the our co not a coworker, but he's a guy that has an office near mine. And Mike pointed out, he's like, oh, I see you have a Bible on, on your desk. Are you, are you a believer? And he was like, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, yep. And uh, <laughs> he's like, that's actually, that's KJV. Uh, you know, that uh, makes me think, you know. A lot of other Bibles, you know, they, you know, they just give it to you right there. You got to really work through that one. I don't know. I like it sometimes. And you're like, hey, you like it sometimes. What does that mean? Like, you just like to read it like you read Mark Twain or something like that? Like, come on, you know? Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, it's just like, something just like, it, he almost, it was like equating it to that. Just something that's thought-provoking. And that's where our culture is at today, is where we can substitute the Word of God for something thought-provoking. That's not worship. Worship is giving your entire life for not just, you know, doing good things or anything. It's giving your life for the Word of God. Like Will was talking about today. People shed their blood for us to have this Word. Like, this isn't just like a, 
a, a book, another book on our bookshelf. It shouldn't be. And um, so, yeah, it's just interesting um, how lightly we take worship. Um, but so our lives are to be wor- like are to be worship to the Lord. When I'm going to work, when I'm going to school, my life should be preaching the gospel, no matter where I'm at. I don't have to, like, everywhere I'm going, I, don't, I mean, I don't have to be a guy with, you know, a sign out on the street, like, you know, like, every person I encounter, every person that the Lord puts in my life, my life should speak Jesus Christ to them. That's what worship through your life looks like, not just on Sunday, and it's really easy for us to slip into that mode because we still are attached to our flesh and it's easy and it's more comfortable because that's obviously, I got saved when I was 18. So spiritually I'm like five, like it's more comfortable. I've known something else for 18 years and I'm trying to learn this new life and I'm five years old. Like, So it takes time. So like you have to, really dive deep into the Word to know these things and to really understand what it looks like. But they're not un- unattainable. Like, you can, your life can look like worship. Your life can be Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ's life was worship. Everywhere He went, He was worshiping the Father. Everywhere He went just was perfection. We have that same power inside of us. So why we don't live with that, I don't know. I know, I'm not saying, like, trust me, when I'm, like, when I say things like that, I'm not, like, listen, God, like, I'm talking to myself, like, I'm not, like, I'm not just singling you guys out and being, like, get it together, (laughs) I'm preaching to myself, so, um, so, along with that, um, so, Psalm 29, 2 says, give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in be- in the beauty of holiness. That is probably something on your sheet you should underline that verse. Or you, you can even go to your Bible and underline that or whatever you want to do. Write it down somewhere where you'll see that. Because that's what I was talking about. Like you'll... Brandon mentioned it um, in, in a class maybe two weeks ago. Yeah, I think like last Sunday, I think. Uh, he was talking about like, you only like give as much to something as much as you believe in it. Yeah. If you, and like you can say you love Jesus Christ and you love the ministry and you love the local church, all these things. But if your life doesn't reflect worship, do you? Like it's, it's kind of like a telltale sign of, whether or not you like are actually living it out or whether or not you're just like going through the motions because if getting in the word is a hassle for you you may not be worshiping God <laughs> if like doing ministry is a hassle for you you may not be worshiping God like it, you don't have to like go very far to realize like oh I'm not worshiping like you can really just look at your life and be like no, I think I'd rather watch a football game. Or, like, I'd rather watch, you know. And if you're still in that place, then uh, be encouraged. Because it's not like 
no one's like, you better have this together tomorrow. All right? No. Like, it's a process. Like, you have to learn. Even when Paul got saved, he spent some time, like, learning. Learning the scripture. Of course, he was still fervent about, like, sharing his testimony because that's kind of all he had for a while. He was just like, I know Jesus Christ saved my life and that's it. You know, and he was, like, super excited about it. People were like, tell me something else. And he's like, I don't know yet. <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get there by the grace of God. Uh, that's kind of just an encouraging thing through this whole thing, this, this last, like, stretch. I know that these last couple of weeks, a lot of the things we're going to be saying, have been saying and going to continue to say can be kind of hard. And it's kind of like, it's kind of a gut punch because you're like, well, I know I'm not there. And that's okay because no one expects someone who, like I told you, I'm five years old. Like, how old are you? You know what I'm saying? Like, it shouldn't be a comparison game. Don't compare yourself with another person. That's a, what is that going to do? Like, who cares about what so-and-so looks like? I want to compare myself to what God wants me to look like. I want to, like, compare myself to the scripture and let it find me. Let it figure me out. Let it expose me. <laughs> like, I can't tell you how many times the word exposes me. Like, you can be fake with everyone else. But until you, like, get in the word and you're like, God. I was talking about that with somebody about, like, being in heaven. It was Daniel uh, Friday the other day. We were, like, talking about it. And I'm like, like, being in heaven and how you can just, like, I could convince you anything I want. I could tell you I'm, like, doing all these things and whatever. But when you stand before Jesus Christ, like, you can't fake it. Let your worship in the Word of God and the local church and the ministry figure you out. Be honest with with people. Be real. Don't be fake. There's no reason. It's not going to get you anywhere. You're actually going to stunt yourself because you're sitting there acting like you know everything. And then all of a sudden you're like 10 years down the road and you're like, I'm scared to ask a question because I should know everything by now. Like, what good does that do you? Like, it doesn't get you anywhere. You just don't know nothing. You have to be afraid to ask questions. So, um, yeah. To establish your emotions in worship is um, how you honor God. All Everything should be run through your worship of God. So like, these things are, yeah, these things are just like points on a piece of paper, but they don't have to be. Make it your life. Make your life worship. Dive into the word. Let God figure you out, like I was saying. So, okay. Um, did everyone uh, underline Psalm 29 too? Remember that verse. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Unto his name. Okay. Um, his name is pretty powerful. Um, I don't know if you guys, I mean, I, I'm sure you've like spent some time maybe in the Gospels. Um, there's that story, though, about when there's the demon-possessed uh, uh, guy. And there's like, Jesus shows up. And 
just the mere presence of Jesus, like, just shakes these demons to their core, and they're like, oh, what did, what did we do? It was alone. Like, there's power in the name of Jesus, and you need to give him the worship that's due to his name. There's a lot. It's everything. It's your whole life. So, um, okay. I think uh, there's probably more to be said from there. But uh, <laughs> you can spend your whole life diving into these topics, into worship. Spend your whole life reading over and over in the Bible, and it's bottomless. It's going to just keep teaching you. And uh, what, Lydia? What? <laughs> it wasn't you. Okay, fine. Put my glasses back on then. <laughs> I'll throw you out. <laughs> like this. <laughs> this shirt also is very hot. <laughs> it's the coolest shirt I have, but it's very hot. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> no, probably not. I got some cool shirts. I got a shirt with like a flower and an eye on it. It's weird. And Brandon gave it to me, and I've been too scared to wear it. <laughs> if you see me wearing it, let me know what you think. I'm nervous about it. <laughs> okay, um, goal number two to establish the believer in the Word of God. Um,. So, the Word of God is powerful. It's awesome. And you know, one of the things that I always go back to uh, when I think about how powerful the Word of God is, is when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, it's funny, like, the only person that could have ever had anything good to say, like, out of their own might to, a, to the devil would have been Jesus. Like, to just, like, come up with something brand new and just, like, you know, whatever. But what did he do? He just used the word of God to, like, be like, no, like, man shall not live, but, you know, like, it's just, like, all these things. Like, he, God didn't, like, it, it was just incredible. Like, our Lord Jesus Christ, instead of saying something new, he, he went back to the text and he told the devil, get out of here. <laughs> like, I, you don't need to be here. You don't need to be here. Because this is what the Word of God says. So, I was, so based on that, I think, well, if Jesus didn't have anything else to say about the Word of God to the devil, what else do I have to say? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> other than just be like, I'm going to rest on the Word because... Jesus rested on the word. The only one that could have had anything else that's good to say, he rested on it. So I think I should. Like I think I'm gonna. Uh, and not all the time do I do that. It's because I'm I'm a bad Christian sometimes. Like I'm not like a guy that every single time something happens, someone cuts me off in traffic, and every time I'm not like, Lord Jesus, help that man. <laughs> I'm like I. I wish I could do Oh, Lord bless that man. Like, help him. He's got a lead foot. Like, I just, it's just not that way every time. And by God's grace, I hope I one day I will be. 
funny story actually with that. My dad was just in a car accident. It wasn't bad. It was like a fender bender. Well, no, it wasn't. It mess. It was hard enough to like mess up his axle, but like so it like totaled his car. But uh, it wasn't like a horrible big accident or nothing like that. But my dad gets out. And he's like, "Hey, guy, like, <laughs> you know, like he's like, oh man, hey, you go to church anywhere? You know, like, you know, my I just I love my dad. Yeah, you know." When he called me and told me, like, yeah, told me this whole story, and he's like, yeah, but guys can come to church. I was like, whoa. (laughs) And you know, my dad is that way because every single day I lived with my parents, I don't, I cannot remember a day that if I was up before seven o'clock, if I was, that I didn't, I wouldn't have been able to find him in his office reading his word. Mm He allowed the Word of God to change his life. And because the Word of God was so prevalent in his life, he doesn't react in the flesh. Of course he does. He's a man. He's not, like, perfect, whatever. But that is the only reason I've been able to see the testimony I've seen from my dad. I've done things to my dad that, like, he should have been, like, you know, like, (laughs) just, like, threw me out of the house or something. And he's just, like, always, like... Man, I love you, son, you know, like all this stuff, and calls me all the time. and Just like the way that his heart is, you can tell it's knit toward the Word of God. Yeah. So, all right, I say all that, so I'm going to read Psalm 138. It said, I will worship toward thy holy temple, and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Now, if you guys are paying attention, back in Psalm 29... There's a lot of glory due to his name. A lot. But the one thing that he puts above his name, there's one thing that's above his name, and it's his word. Because, and Brandon mentioned this too, I don't have, there's no shame in stealing from awesome messages. I have no, like, (laughs) I'm going to, like, cite all my sources, though. Uh, But Brandon Brandon was talking about that, and he's like, what's better than, like, the name of Jesus Christ? The mind of Jesus Christ. Because if, it's like one thing, if you just get to, like, be with him, and that would be enough if we were just, like, with him. And that's what he wanted, that's what they were in the garden. And, but, we have his mind. Like, this isn't just, like, words on, in a book. It's, like, his thoughts, his mind, like, what he desires to see of our life, yeah. what he wants from us, what our mission is on this earth. What is the biggest question that the world has? Like, what am I here? What's the purpose of life? They're constantly trying to figure that out. But we have the answer. And you can tell them, oh, we're here to give glory to God. He made us for his glory. And... uh that's actually what your life is about. So you can go out and tell people about Jesus Christ now. Thank you very much. Goodbye. And then like that, like, they'll be like, wow. Uh, don't try that. Uh, do it more subtle than that. Uh, love on them, you know, whatever. But, but just to say that, like, we have all the answers to everything. You don't have to, like, wonder. You don't have to, like, be confused. You don't have to, like, like, figure, like, just figure life out. God is not the author of confusion. He has a, a direct path for you, and he wants you to be 
a fruitful member of his family. He wants you to bring more people into his family. That's what we're here to do. Give him glory and to share the name and make the name of Jesus Christ famous. The only way you can do that is by spending time with him. Spending time with his mind, his word. And we don't have anything better than this. Like there's, This is a more sure word of prophecy. And that was coming from a man who literally saw Jesus Christ transfigured into his glorious, full, like, like blind you kind of like floaty, you know, like everything that you think of when you think of God, Jesus Christ. Yes, Jesus went super saiyan and was like, <laughs> and Peter was like, I, we still got the word. Like, that was awesome, but I don't know anything like, that was cool. I can tell people about that, but I can really go into depth with your mind, God. Like, thank you so much for giving us this. And so, man, uh, cool side note, as I was looking at this, so uh, you may want to write these down. They're not in your, in your handout. But Matthew 4.4 4 and Luke 4.4. 4, are almost identical passages. And they're both talking about how important the Word of God is. And it's just incredible, like that you need the Word of God more than anything else. So Matthew 4 4 says, uh, But he answered and said, uh, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And Luke 4 4 says, uh, Let me see. Oh, wait, I didn't write down Luke 4 4. Let me go to it. I didn't write it down because it's essentially the same thing. But they're different. Slightly. Luke 4.4 4 says, And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, But that every man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Um, have you guys heard of the, the principle of comparing Scripture to Scripture? So comparing scripture to scripture is the biblical way of defining a word. If you come across something, uh, the easiest way to figure out what, and you don't know what it is, the easiest way to find out what the heck this is talking about, you, uh, and we have it the easiest we've ever had it in history. Literally, uh, I get on my little Chromebook and I go, this word and it tells me every single I didn't I didn't wasn't just congruently reading Matthew and Luke and it's like oh wow you know like <laughs> I wish I was that holy and like I was like had two Bibles and like ah uh, but no praise God he's given us the tools that we need in order to do these things and you can look it up even for us really lazy folks so you can get on Blue Letter Bible if you don't have that if you don't know what that is. This little Bible search engine app, you can read your Bible on it, you can look at it, you can look up what a word means, uh, any of that. But you get on there, you type in your word, and it takes you back to the first time that the Bible uses that word. And usually, not every time, but usually it's a very good reference for what that word means. You just look at the context. It's common sense, kind of. You just look at it and you're reading it like, oh. That's what worship means. Like, that's how you worship. That's what it looks like. It's like self-giving. It's, it's, it's your whole self. He was willing to give his son up. I guess worship means your whole life. Like, 
and you can look at that. But the cool thing is you also have a discipler that you can ask those questions to. You have elders and pastors and teachers, people who love you and care about you enough to walk you through this book because I'd be lying if I said that, like, I've understood every last bit of what I've read, like, and praise God for God for John Kindler and Montana Rex for like helping me understand things. And I mean, God gave us those things. That's what the Bible says for a reason, so that we can have uh, teachers and pastors to, to help us understand these things. And that's how that's how God works. He laid out a structure for us. So. Um, So, the Word of God is elevated to the highest position in the life of a disciple. Ground your mind in the Word of God, get discipled, and begin to learn the Word, and see what God is saying to you. So, you're not just reading the Word to just check it off your list. You're reading the Word of God to know what you're supposed to do today. Like, not tomorrow. I mean, it's good for all of eternity. But, if I'm relying on what I read if I didn't get into the Word all week and I'm relying on what I read on Tuesday at church or whatever, or even if it's just Sunday morning or something and it's like the only time you got in your Word, the Word of God does not return void. That's not going to be a deficit to you like to have that Word in your head. But if you don't have like what God has specifically for you today, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, like, it's, it's kind of obvious. And so... It's just, yeah, it's one of those things that's kind of just common sense again. It's like, well, if I don't read it, I won't know it. It isn't, you know, it's like, it's deep, but it's not deep, you know? Yeah, that's how God's word is. It's, it's, uh, it's surface enough for us to be able to understand it as men and deep enough for it to affect our souls and to change our lives, not just to read it and be like have this motivational quote you know like i hate that stuff (laughs) it's like man you know i have something way better than that let me show you you know and so yeah um let me see i thought i had this written down somewhere Okay, but I thought I had it written down, but this was a point that I, maybe I just made it in my head, a point that I made in my head and I thought I wrote it down. So imagine you're in uh, somewhere, a war-stricken country, okay? And you're not just there, you're a soldier. And uh, you wake up like all the other soldiers and everyone's getting their gear on, and but you brush your teeth and... Uh, Maybe you put your shoes on, like, whatever. But then you just walk outside, and all your other army buddies are, like, helmet on, like, vest, bulletproof vest, and all their gear, and they have their you know, AK-47 or whatever they got. I don't know, whatever. They go outside, and they're ready for battle. If you saw that dude, you'd be like, boo, like, that's a scary-looking person. Like, he's got a gun, like a big gun. But you are sitting here walking out into the bullets flying by your head with no helmet on, with no bulletproof vest, and you're still in your pajamas. What are you doing? Like, you're the rest of your guys are going to be like, dude, get, what are you doing? Go back. 
And you know what? We are soldiers. And you guys are in the same, you know, troop as I am. And we're, I'm hoping that you guys would hold me accountable that if we walked out into the mission field and I'm, like, in my boxers or something and I'm walking out like, you're be like, wait, 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 get back in there. You're naked. You don't have any armor on. What are you doing? And I'd be like, ah, thanks, guys. You know, like, I would hope, I would hope you guys would be able to hold me accountable to that. Just like I want to hold you guys accountable to the fact that, like, we are in a battle. That is, that is a picture of what I'm talking about, which is awesome because God uses the physical as a picture for the spiritual all the yeah. time. That, that is perfect. But we're in a very real, like, spiritual battle. Yeah. If I walk outside and I'm not ready and someone comes up to me and goes, why is Calvinism wrong? And I go, I, uh, I don't know. And I go, why can't I? Why can't the Holy Ghost make me levitate? But, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he can. Okay. Like, you know, like it's stuff like that. Like you have to be ready because we're going out into a battle where the world, it's not just like a country. Imagine the entire world, which we, everyone's kind of afraid of, like World War Three, where everyone's like in this big battle, but we're in it. Yeah. We've been in this war since the moment Adam sinned. And brought it into our life, down the stream of blood into our lives. We have been in this battle. And if we're not ready, if we're not, we don't have the breastplate of righteousness. If we don't have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. If those things aren't a, a reality in our life, we're going to go and we're going to get eat, eaten up. Yeah. Especially, I know that we're a college age group. And this is cool because I can like openly say like college age stuff. If you go to college and you're not ready, I'm not just saying like hypothetically you may get, you know, distracted, eaten up by these things. I've seen it. I've had disciples in my life that I don't even know where he's at now. Like I can think of a specific guy. You guys probably know who I'm talking about. A lot of you. I don't even know where he's at. Like I see him randomly on Instagram and I don't know what he's about. I don't know what he's doing because he went to college and he wasn't ready. He, did, he wasn't rooted in the word of God. He didn't have his armor on. Yeah. He went and he got shot up. And it sucks and it hurts my heart every time I see him. And I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry, all right? But I think about that dude all the time. And it hurts my heart because it's just the same thing if I was in war. And I could have stopped. I could have helped someone before they walked outside with no anything on. And the dude just gets shot up and he's dead. It's the same thing. Like, just eating up. It's real, guys. It's not just a word. It's not just like a, we say that lightly, word of God. It's not a, just a, a book, y'all. It's like, it should be our life. Nothing else should influence our mind. Other than the Word of God, that entails the Holy Ghost. That that involves the local church. That involves all these things. These goals aren't just arbitrary things that Sam and Kenny and you know uh, I don't know whoever else like you know help put this together. And Tony Godfrey, you know I I don't think these these goals are just arbitrary things that they were like hmm these are good. 
like they weren't coming up with motivational goals to make you help live a, the best life now. That's not what they're about. <laughs> they're about making you look like Jesus Christ and be ready for a battle. Amen. That's where we're at. It's not, uh, it's not going to be easy. Um, let me see if I'm missing anything. Okay. I think I covered that. What am I on time? <laughs> I told you right before this, I was like, I don't think I'll use all the time. <laughs> no, I'm like, okay. Uh, okay, so, goal number three. Hey, <laughs> I got some pants. Can you help me? No, I'm just kidding. Still those pants up. <laughs> Haley's my uh, seamstress. She, like, helps me out with all that stuff. She's going to teach me how to sew. I got a sewing machine. From my grandma. <laughs> my grandma was getting rid of it. Okay, goal number three. <laughs> to establish the believer in the local church. All right. This is usually where you get people. Because... It's fun. I, I'm not saying, like, another... This is not, not another hypothetical situation. I was just having a conversation with someone where I was talking about the fact that they haven't been to church in three months. And you know what the first thing they said to me was, oh, well, I'm not saving enough because I'm not going to church. You know? (laughs) I'm like, did I say that? I didn't say that. That's what you think. That's what I'm saying. But the fact is, how are you going to be able to effectively do something that okay it goes back into what I was saying about the soldiers um, again perfect example you're not going to defeat an army of other folks <laughs> trying to attack you by yourself mm-hmm. that's not going to happen you're going to go out there maybe get a few of them <laughs> like I don't know I used to do that in Call of Duty all the time and I thought I was super cool and I'd go out and like get like a 20 kill streak and be like <laughs> uh, but you know what happens inevitably I get killed because <laughs> I'm not trying to I'm out there by myself I'm either doing that or I'm not working with the other guys that were out there playing with me you go online I don't know if anyone can relate Tom, <laughs> I know you play a lot of video games <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah that's it I just that's where my mind's going with this. Is that you know you go out there, and that was probably the main problem of why you would die, is because everyone would be like, "Go!" and everyone's like, like just scatter, and everyone dies on their own because everyone's just doing their own thing. But if you were working as a team, as a unit, which is how the real military works, not like <laughs> video game military, not just you know like in your bedroom when you're like eating Cheetos, like the real military goes out as a unit, as one thing, and they get their mission accomplished because they're moving as one thing. If you, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those, those videos of, like, the, like, uh, the police in, like, riot gear, or, no, like, uh, what am I thinking of? 
cops, but like super cops. What are they? Like SWAT, SWAT team. Super cops. <laughs> Thank you. My mind's got a lot of things going on right now. You ever seen a video of one of those of one of those teams go in and like they don't play? They literally they take a battering ram and they just go come out and the guy's like no and they're like get on the ground. They don't care what you're doing. They don't care if you haven't finished breakfast. They're gonna go in there. And take it out. They work as a unit. Okay, so saying all that. Why do we think we can go and be rogue Christians and just live this life however we want to live and just be great on Sunday and great on whenever your second you know, service is, Tuesday, Wednesday night, usually in the middle of the week, whatever. You know, why do we think we're okay with that? And then not being held accountable to anything. We're not in Bible study. And we're like, eh, that's whatever. Like, it's okay. Like, I'm saved. Okay, cool. You got your ticket punched to heaven, but are you going to matter for the kingdom? Are you going to like actually do something with the life that you've been given? Or are you just going to sit on it and stand before Christ and be like, he's going to be like, what did you do with the life I gave you? Nothing. Well, okay. So, um, well, here you go. Here's your one like crown, whatever. Like, here's your one little thing. Thank you. Come into heaven. Like, you're not going to be like, disappointed when you get to heaven no matter what like if you yeah. if you're saved you're gonna get to heaven you'll be like praise god As, even on the lowest rung of whatever you're doing praise god but i'm saying you can be rejoicing not just for your salvation before jesus christ you can be rejoicing because there's 20 30 people behind you that you discipled or that you led to the lord yeah. and boy if I was just the only one doing it, I'd be done. <laughs> like, if I was just trying to do this on my own, because I'd be saying crazy stuff all the time, and no one would check me. If I said something crazy right now, Miles or Uriah would stop the thing, that like, that's not right. <laughs> if I was just like, Bleh, like something like just out of like left field, someone would check me. Yeah. Um, so uh, Acts 2.42, uh, if you've never read Acts, this is when we get the first look at the local church as we know it today. So it's probably a good study anyway. Just, you know, just read your Bible. Uh, but if you want, yeah, just read your Bible. But uh, Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer. We do all those things, kind of. I mean, like, every single week. Like, I mean, I'm super excited, but, like, uh, they, it, this, this verse kind of messed me up. It's like, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. So, doctrine. What do we have? Like, we, the Bible says to have right doctrine, to like worry about like that's actually something you need to like divide correctly divide the word of God mm-hmm. so that we have right doctrine which praise God we have good doctrine like Amen. I'm not gonna like stand up here and say we're the best Christians and good luck ever finding anything else that's ever good like mm-hmm. like we have but we've been blessed we have people who have rightly diverted, divided the word of God and fed it to us in a way where we can digest it 
and be able to divide it ourselves. Amen. Like, I don't think, I mean, I don't think, I know by myself, like, I remember reading things from this and being like, yep, got it. And then I'd be like, I don't know, like, doing some some crimes or something. I don't know what I should say. I couldn't record it. Well, when I'm like, you know, 17 years old, I'm hanging out with my coworkers after work and hanging out doing crime. And, uh, and uh, they're like, boy, you, what do you think about this? And I'd be like, oh, well, I don't know. I read something about that in the Bible. And they think that. Like, no, you know what? I did do that. And I'm thankful that someone was able to come into my life and teach me yeah. the right thing so that I can, now, when I'm not doing crimes, I can, like, I can sit there with someone and actually give them anything of worth, anything of actual value, because it's the Word of God. So, boy, to continue in right doctrine because we're in fellowship with each other is so key. Don't ever lose like sight of the fact that without the local church, that's one of the things Sam says all the time. He's like, you make a heretic really easily. Just give him a Bible and put him on an island. Not because the Bible is wrong, but because we are so jacked up. We'll take the Bible, pick and choose from parts and pieces that we like and what we don't like and what fits our life and what doesn't. And we'll just make something up. It has nothing to do with Jesus. It has nothing to do with God the Father or the Holy Spirit. We just make something up. And whatever sounds right to us is what we go with. But... Praise God, we have the local church. So, um, Acts 2, uh, 46. Uh, and they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Uh, 47. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord uh, added to the church daily such as should be saved. Brandon talked about this verse just I may have also been last week. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't do the math. Um, but wherever you go, you have a testimony. We, as a church, have a testimony. And our testimony should be one that reflects Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And praise God, we have leaders, we have pastors and teachers and elders and deacons that fight for our doctrine. We hold passionately to the word of God when a lot of things, a lot of places today don't. It's easier to buckle. It's easier to say certain things are okay than to try and convince someone that like living with your girlfriend or boyfriend before you're married or having sex with your boyfriend, girlfriend before you're married is wrong. Like it's a lot easier to just say like, you know, Good thing we live in the age of grace. Like, it's, it's much easier, if I were to be honest, if I didn't have to confront those things. If, if my disciple came to me and said, like, yeah, I think I'm thinking about moving in with her, I'd be like, wait, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'd just be like, don't do that. <laughs> dumb dumb. <laughs> I'd call him a dumb dumb, and then. But, no, I just. Uh, I think it's awesome. Um, so the local church is also where you can invest your gifts into other people. Yeah, it's like if God saves you, He's not saving you all. He's not saving you just for yourself. He's saving you so that He can use you 
And if he wants to use you, what are you going to do if you don't go to church? Where are you going to be used? What are you doing? Like, if you're not established in a local church, if you're not submitted to uh, leadership, what are you doing? Like, you're ministering to your cat at home? Like, what are you doing? Like, cool. Like, your cat's not going to get saved. I hate to break it to you. Like, cool. Um, But also, just to minister to each other, like, to uplift each other and encourage each other to say, hey, look, God loves you despite what you've done. And you can live a victorious life now. Like, it's not like a, like a motivational, like, Christianized book. It's, you can live a victorious life in Jesus Christ because we have the local church, the Word of God, and we have ministry, we have worship. We guys, we have the whole thing. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. What else? Come on, y'all. It's not like, it's not hard. Come on. <laughs> also, one thing, if if you're established in a local church, um I mean established in a local church, not just going to church. If you're established in a local church, uh that means inherently you have accountability. Yeah. <laughs> like I, it'd be really difficult for me to just not show up to church for like three weeks without an excuse. Yeah, there was a while. <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, no, I had like a bunch of things going on. And it was crazy and I had to, no, I'm just kidding. I was just like in a wedding and then another wedding and then, but it sucked. I hated being away from, from the body because I was like, me, it was me and Amanda that together the whole time, but we were still just like, Bleh, like, oh, I want like. Sam, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> miss my guys, and, uh, it's just, it's, you notice it when you, when you get away from a, from the body, you notice, like, man, this is difficult, because you're out there, if you're not established, you know, you're out there doing it yourself, and it's hard, but, yeah, if you're established in the local church, it brings about accountability, accountability to your sin, accountability to your time in the word your fellowship everything everything that has your worship it involves everything if i didn't have brothers keeping me accountable if i didn't have to if i wasn't in a bible study and like never had a reason to like actually spend time in my word and be like prepared for something and be ready i lead a bible study so if i'm not ready like it's going to be apparently, like, very apparent to the group that I have no idea what I'm talking about <laughs> and that I probably shouldn't be leading a Bible study. You know, like, it's it's obvious. So if you're established in these things, it brings about accountability. So, and like I said, you can't do it on your own. You need the local church. Um, so I think I'm starting to lose my voice. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, uh, also, along with the local church, brings about um, leadership. So, if you're not uh, submitted to leadership, then what are you doing? Like, 
if I was sitting under Sam and everything I thought Sam said was like a lie, and I did, I just wasn't submitted to to Sam or Uriah in the worship ministry. If I just like just disregarded everything that like my leaders told me, like what is that? How does that help me? Then I'm doing the same. I'm just being a rogue Christian within like a church. I'm being a wolf. Like I'm pro- you're probably not going to do that by yourself. I was talking about that like. Sin isn't fun by yourself. You always want someone else to do it with. Proverbs 4.16, I think, it talks about uh, that the wicked can't sleep. They can't rest until they've caused another to stumble. I think we were talking about it the other day. Just like, ugh. Like, if you're bucking against your leadership, what they tell you to do, it's never good. And it doesn't lead you to anywhere good. I've, uh, I realize that, like, that a lot of times our leadership has structure in place and and then when they tell me to do something in my flesh I want to be like no <laughs> no and it's because I'm like scared and I don't want to do things but and then I'm like well okay I'll pray about it that's the Christian way to say no like, I'm like I'll pray about it and then and I don't go pray about it I don't go and then Come back and like next time I see him, I'm like I think the Lord's telling me I I can't I can't do that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then and then uh, I'm like I'm just waiting to hear from the Lord. But in reality, like God placed that person in my life, my leader, my pastor, mm-hmm. to like shepherd me. <laughs> and if they're telling me something, it's probably because they've been seeking the Lord's face and they've seen something. To tell you something, and you're like sitting here like, well, I'm waiting for God to tell me. He just did. And you're like, bah, like, bah, I'll wait for God to like boom out of the sky and be like, do this. Like, it didn't take that. Like, it shouldn't take that. Our leaders are, are here for a reason, to shepherd the flock. Um, heed to their instruction. It's valuable. Spend any time in Proverbs, and you know how much it, like, emphasizes, like, where there's leaders, there's, there's instruction, that, that's wisdom. You want to be there. Where there's no leaders, like, it's going to fall apart. Like, there's nothing good that happens when you're not listening to leadership. So, um, oh, that also involves tithing. Because uh, our money's not ours. It's really easy to think. I worked hard for this paycheck. How hard did God work for your life? <laughs> Get out of here. You know, like, go home and sleep on it. Like, think about that. I mean, it's 10%. It talks about that in the Bible. It literally says that a tenth of everything that you make, you know, that's all he's asking. He's not asking, like, for every paycheck you give, give me 98. But he could ask for 100. And sometimes he's taken a hundred. Ask Job. He took a hundred percent of Job's stuff. And Job was like, mm, praise God, but not gonna curse God's name, like because God is worth it. He could do it if he wants. It's his money, it's his stuff. He doesn't care. Uh he'll take it if he wants to. And but you know what? He only tells us ten percent. That's just a small portion of our, our income. That's so small, guys. And it's literally for ministry. Yeah. It's not so that we go just line the pockets of 
Sam and Chris and Kenny and Brandon and Dan and all, all our missionaries, not just so they're just going out and, you know, buying, like, Lambos and, like, <laughs> like sweet, stupid church folk giving me their money. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're just, like, it's, it's literally our money. And we do this every year. I praise God that we do this. Yeah. Uh, the fact that we're open with what we do with our money is you guys would be surprised at how many people don't do that. And if they do that, they have to be honest, and they'll be like, we spent like 70% on events, on like, on buying pizza. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just like, man. And you know, and I'm not saying we're like awesome or great or anything, but like, praise God, we have leadership that encourages, not just encourages, Pretty much, like, they are the ones that funnel where the money goes. God has given them rain to funnel where the money goes. Sam could if he wanted to. I mean, he couldn't, probably because accountability, because Sam is established at a local church. Sam couldn't just go and be like, taking the money. He'd get found out real quick. <laughs> taking the money. <laughs> and, uh, uh, <laughs> that was my Sam impression. I hope he hears it. Uh, <laughs> but it goes to ministry, and I thank God when we see those that result, and we're all we're gonna our goal. Like when they say that, like, like uh, our goal is to have fifty percent of the church's income go to missions. Mm-hmm. You don't know that that is unheard of. Like, it's like, like, it's just, it's seriously, like, stupid. And it has nothing to do with us. Praise God, I'm out of the situation. I just want to be a faithful guy, and and we just go, here you go. This is, this is not even close to enough, God, but thank you for what you've given us. And, like, God takes that, and he multiplies that. He just uses it, and uses that one if you can give a dollar, who I mean, who can't give something? If you make money, you can afford to give something. Like I'm just saying, and uh, but that faithfulness will be blessed. Like not, maybe it won't look like your life is going to be great, but who cares yeah. if your life, if your money, if your life can be used to further the, the ministry, to further missions, to, to save people where you won't even know, who cares if your life gets any better? <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, I could go, I mean, I say that, but I think in my flesh I'd be like, please, God, you know, like, uh, but what I desire is that I wouldn't care <laughs> and that I'd just be like, I'd be happy if, just uh, give all my money, and maybe one guy gets saved. Mm-hmm. Like that's worth more than anything I could ever give. Yeah, is one soul. Mm-hmm. So, man, praise God. I'm I'm excited about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, I'm gonna move on. Uh, what's after three? Four. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted you guys to uh, like, trust me, guys, I got this. I can count. Uh, I finished high school. Um, 
That's it. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> goal number four... My head's like cold, sweaty. <laughs> you know? Kind of clammy. I don't know what's going on. That's so true. I'm going to drink some of that. Okay. Oh, yeah, we're good. My uncle texted me. Um, So, goal number four is to establish the believer in ministry. So, all the things I've been saying up to this point have been leading to now. Because if you just... I, you know one of the things I don't get is how someone can just be just just jacked for no reason. You know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I'm thinking of like, you see this dude and he's huge. And he's just like, like muscle on muscle. Like, you ever seen that SpongeBob episode where he like flexes and his muscle flexes? And it's like that. You see that dude, and you're like, why are you so big? Why? And yeah, what do you do? And you ask him, and they're like, I'm an accountant. (laughs) Why are you that big? You won. Stop going to the gym. Like, it doesn't make any sense at this point. You're done. But uh, it's just that's that's what we. That, that's unintentionally what a lot of Christians do mm-hmm. is we just get all this awesome stuff and we're worshiping and we're in the word and we, you know, established in a local church and we're just like, like muscle on muscle and we don't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. We're just sitting there buff for no reason. <laughs> and we're like, wow, I'm huge. <laughs> it means nothing. You don't, li- you don't do anything. Kendall's probably the strongest dude I know, but that's because he actually does stuff, and he, like, lifts, like, roofing things all day. He's like, you know. That's the only reason you should be strong, if you're doing stuff like that, whatever. That's my case on that. And so, (laughs) uh, 1 Peter 4.10, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Every believer has been gifted by God and is to use that gift regularly for his glory and edification of others. Involve your relationships in ministry. You know what? I'm going to save that last one. That second point right there. Every believer has been gifted by God and is is to use that gift regularly for his glory and edification of others. You can't say that you haven't been gifted. Just read 1 Peter 4.10. We've all been gifted. We've all been given something. And we've been given all these other things. When God left, when God, when Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, He gave us, you got to show your tattoo. The Word of God, the Holy Ghost, and the local church. <laughs> Praise God. Most biblical tattoo I know. <laughs> Mine are like, kind of like, I could like, work on my way around it. And you're like, that's what that means. But really, I was just like, that's cool. <laughs> but, uh, so, I'm saying, we can be, you know, spiritually obese 
and all these things and just like take it all in. But if you don't actually get your feet moving, why are you that buff? Why are you just full of all this stuff, but you're not using it? What good is it? What good is it to be able to bench 500 pounds, but you can't, you don't actually go do anything? Uh, ministry is actually how you get to put your feet to the, to the actual work. You get to put your hand to the plow and actually use those spiritual muscles. I was talking about that with Mike Rennell the other day when we were going out to do the evangelism thing. It, it rained, but it was, we didn't go, but we got to pray. And he was talking about the mission, like the vision that he has for this ministry, which they used to do it, um, of just going out and canvassing the, the neighborhood and just sharing the gospel with people wherever you can. But it's a muscle, and if you don't actually get to like you know work on that muscle and do those things, then you know it's whatever. Like you can know how to do something, but until you do it, you just know something. Just because you've watched a hundred soccer games, you you know, it doesn't matter. I couldn't go out like and play with like in the World Cup or something and be like, I couldn't do anything like that. Like there's no sport I could go and just watch a film and then know what I'm supposed to do. I can maybe know the rules, but until you actually do it, it does you no good. So ministry is actually our opportunity to be able to put our spiritual muscles to work. Actually be able to get out there and make the name of Jesus famous in this world and uh, make his name known and... uh, Ascribe the glory due to his name and make it known to the world. Because um, what else do we have? If we're not like out there, like I know a lot of people would be like, it's really easy to get caught up in just doing ministry. And if you just do ministry, you'll burn out. There's no way around it. Like if you're doing it in your own power, then good luck. Because that's how big churches get started. And then there's no discipleship. There's no accountability. There's no whatever. And when the pastor leaves, everyone's like, what do we do now? And they're like, I don't know. Let's go eat. And then that's it. And that's all they do. And eventually, the church stops meeting. And there's no church anymore. Because no one actually put their hand to the plow and ministered. And actually saved souls and won souls to the kingdom of God. That's what it is. And so, by the grace of God, we're not going to be that. We're going to actually put our hand to the plow. We're going to be ministers in our local church, wherever that's at. If, if, you're, if you know that you're called uh, to somewhere, you better know that there's something there. <laughs> you better know that before you're, you're just like there, you're like, well... Hope I find a good church. That's not something I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I would move unless it was like for like missions or something. I, I like Grandview. But uh, if I were to move, I think I'd do a lot of research, research before I was like, yeah. Because I'm, my biggest fear would be I'd move there and have to settle for something that's like, hmm. You know, it's decent. Eh, they don't have a very good discipleship ministry. Like it's, uh, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't, we shouldn't compromise in those areas. Yeah. 
if the church isn't about missions, if a church isn't about discipleship, if a church isn't about the word of God over everything, I don't want to be about it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be about it. For the sake of your like relationship with the Lord, you don't want to be about a church that's you know, that wavers on any of any of those topics. If you can't do if they don't have an avenue for you to be established in uh, worship, in the word, in the local church, and in ministry, why are you there? What yeah. are you doing? What's your life about? <laughs> like You're just going to exist as a saved person? It sucks. That's reality. Like A lot of churches are like that. Because it's, like I said, it's more comfortable and it's easier to just accept everybody. Like, and I love, I if someone came to me and, like, I don't know you from anyone. I care about you because you're a soul. But the easiest thing for our flesh to do would just be like, you know, it's fine. You can do those things and, you know. But the Word of God contradicts that. But most churches, they're okay with compromising. Mm -hmm. We're getting to that point where people are just going to compromise and Mm -hmm. You have to make the decision now, not later, yeah. when you're in the situation, uh, to not compromise. Right. <laughs> if I'm faithful to my wife, I have to make the decision now, not when the opportunity presents to be unfaithful to my wife. Mm-hmm. I have to make the decision now that I'm never going to be unfaithful to my wife. I can't mm-hmm. be like, ooh, well, I didn't, boy, I didn't really think about this coming up. I thought... What oh wow. Uh no, I made the decision. Promise. Um, that I'm ne- I'm never gonna be unfaithful to my wife. Just like I'm promising that to God. We need to make that we you need to make that a testimony of your life. Your life needs to say that, like, I'm not gonna compromise. I'm not gonna like let certain things get in the way. I'm not gonna make that decision willy nilly. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to make sure that I'm seeking the Lord's face on these decisions. Mm-hmm. It's important, guys and ladies. Um, involve your relationship <laughs> in ministry. Uh, or Involve your relationships in ministry. Uh, initiate redemptive relationships with those who do not yet know Jesus Christ. And invest your time, skills, talents, and gifts in and through this church and its ministries. Grow to the point that you are a discipler of faithful men and women. Amen. That's huge, guys. That's what it is. That's what we're here to do. Like, there's only two things that last. It's the Word of God and the souls of men. So, I'm, and ladies. Thank you, Havla. Ladies. When I say men, I mean mankind. Get over it. <laughs> you are mankind, too, okay? Um... But yeah, if you're a wise person, you're going to invest the Word of God into the souls of men. Because it's the only two things that really matter. The only two things that last. You're not going to be able to take anything else with you. you. Might as well stack up on the things you can, which is the Word of God and the souls of men. Praise God. Everything else is distracting. Everything else is secondary. Everything else kind of could just fall to the side and I'd be like, alright. But... Um, Uh, 
And uh, I don't know if you guys have ever read our sign, uh, our banner in the uh, sanctuary. That's kind of our, our mission statement, our, our main verse. Obviously, it's been up there for about a couple years. 2 Timothy 2.2 2, uh, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. That is the goal of discipleship. Yeah. That is the goal that we want. Brandon used that illustration of you know, discipling someone and where they have a heart of discipleship. So they go and disciple someone who brings in two people, who brings in, you know, and it's not for numbers. It's for souls, you know, guys. And so we want to be men and women who are counted as faithful. We want to be men and women that have studied to show ourselves approved so that we can teach others the Word of God that we've been given. How selfish of us to get the Word of God and not want to teach it to other people. Even if it's scary. Even if it's like, I don't know what to say. Uh, Even if you're afraid of getting asked a hard question that you don't know. But it's our job. (laughs) Go get an answer. Go look at, at the Word. Go find it. Search it out. Um, we want to be faithful men and women that can give it to others also. Um, in short, every discipler's goal is to establish or ground you in worship, the word, this church, and in uh, and into ministry with them using the discipleship lessons and process. So, the goal isn't just for you guys to get discipled. The goal is for you to be able to disciple somebody. And it may seem like a stretch it may seem like, well, that's again, I don't know when that's going to happen. But, like, it will, by the grace of God, if yeah. you continue in this walk, if you continue to grow, if you continue to take these things seriously, those things will happen. You'll be, you'll be surprised. You won't recognize yourself in five years. Like, I, don't, I ran into some of the people I used to hang out with. They wouldn't know me. <laughs> They'd be like, yo, man, where's the tree at, bro? You know, like, I'd be like... I don't know. <laughs> I can show you this. This was made out of a tree. Like, I can show you that. Uh, praise God, though. Like they'd be like, "What happened to Alex?" And I'd be like, "Jesus happened to Alex." And I have said that, and they'd be like, "You're weird." And I'm like, "Praise God." Go away. <laughs> All right. Now the hard part. Okay. So the eight key points. Um, I'm gonna kind of go through these fairly quickly. So point one, uh, the one-on-one discipleship uh, process on average takes approximately 12 months. You will meet with your disciple every week or every other week, depending on what uh, is agreed upon uh, together. Sometimes it takes longer than that. Mm -hmm. That's what Brian said. It took him like almost two years. But you know what? Like you're not, like you run the race like with endurance. You don't start a marathon like, and, like, you're just like, I'm going to sprint the whole thing. Like, no one thinks that. It takes a while. Be patient. Uh, point number two. If you have not completed the new members class in Midtown with respect to goals three and four, it is important that you do so. Um, if you're not established in goals three and four, we need to talk. Because it's okay. Just move on and grow. And then those things will get worked out. 
That's what I'm saying. Okay, point number three. The biblical teaching standard at Midtown is the King James Bible. Therefore, uh, anyone discipling or uh, being discipled at Midtown will use a King James Bible. If you do not have one, one can be provided. If you have an addition, any additional questions about this position, see our website for audio on our YKJV series. Uh, if using the King James Bible is unacceptable to you, respectfully and in love, Midtown is not the church where you should be looking to get discipled. If that's going to be that big of an issue for you, let's work through it, first of all. <laughs> like, trust me, I started, I wasn't reading the KJV because it's difficult. Like, it's hard. <laughs> I'm being real. There's a lot of things where I was like, what is that thou, though, thou? What <laughs> 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 is thou that? You know? and, uh, but it's way deeper than that. It's so much deeper than that. And uh, you'd be really surprised. You think it's a shallow argument. You think it's like, well, that's kind of petty. But it's not. It's not petty. Figure it out. You know, study it out. Also, just practicality. Like, have you ever been to a church where, like, the pastor's like, I really like how the NIV puts it. And they go over and they have a little thing and then they read it and they're like, and then I really like how the message put it. And then they're like, and, and then the person who's reading the Bible has no idea what they're looking at because it's a guy's reading from five different books that all say different things because they're different words and they mean different things. So, look into it. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Um, point number four, if you're not faithfully attending a Sunday fellowship, please start doing so. This is a great way to grow in goal two of discipleship. I think I've seen you guys all at Kaya and whatnot. Right? Do you guys all go to Kai? Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> Lame! <laughs> but shouldn't you be coming soon? Like, In May. Okay. Really? How old are you? Okay. Hurry up. <laughs> well, I'm still glad you're part of the ministry. I'm glad. Okay, five, all pairings are reviewed and approved by the Midtown Pastoral Team. This process can take a few weeks. Please know that there's quite a bit of work that goes in uh, on behind the scenes to pair you with a discipler. Know that you are not being overlooked or forgotten. We're doing our best to get it right. Uh, it's not a light topic. Uh, yeah. They don't just want to be like, oh, so-and-so's ready to disciple, I think. And then they give you with him, and then he just teaches you how to make pizza the whole time. And you're like, I don't know nothing. <laughs> Our pastoral team prays and really thinks about things. <laughs> Dang, that <I> got you. <laughs> I'm sorry, girl. We'll pray for you. <laughs> uh, Point six, be prepared to be stretched in a very good way and expect anyone or anything to surface soon to dissuade you from doing this. There is no greater priority or privilege than growing as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay focused and stay faithful. It's so worth it. Uh, If you've been baptized here or if you've ever been baptized, I just want to let you know, as soon as you make a decision like that, as soon as you just make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, there's a huge target on your back because the enemy is not just going to lay back and say, whoa, so-and-so made a decision for Christ. That's great for them. He's going to say, well, cool. Let's put it to the test. Let's see how much you love Jesus now. 
and he does something in your life, and he's hoping that you get distracted or dissuaded enough to say it's not worth it. Mm. And this whole thing with Jesus is just not working out. My life's just not the way I like it. Mm. That's going to happen, and it's going to happen to you um, as soon as you make a decision. Any, I mean, that doesn't just tap end at, like, I overcame the salvation temptation. You know, like, after that, like, yeah, he tried and didn't get me. That happens every day. There's every single day. I mean, I said we're in a battle. So it happens every day. So keep coming. Stay faithful. Be accountable in your word. And those things get worked out. Like, God protects his children. I don't know, like, he's a good father. He's better than any of our fathers. You can say confidently. Even, I love my dad. Like I told you, I love my dad. But God's way better than my dad. He'll protect, God protects me, like, more than my dad could. So, um, have faith in, in, in God Almighty. He'll protect you. Mm-hmm. Point seven. If you missed this point, under the first mark of a disciple, please consider now. Listen. Without exception... At Midtown Baptist Temple, we will not attempt to disciple anyone who is yoked to an unbeliever in a dating relationship, living with a boyfriend-girlfriend, living a life of fornication, uh, parentheses, sex outside of marriage, close parentheses, or living in an ungodly life with unbelievers. Uh, this sounds like, kind of like, oh, that's super like legalistic. What if I like wanted to like use my liberty to like live with my girlfriend? I'm like... Well, don't do that. Like, this isn't the place for you if you're going to try and just live in that life. You're going to hate it. Yeah. I, I've, anytime I try and, like, get away with sin and I try and be in this body, you're just like, like, it's horrible. You don't want to do that. And we won't disciple you if you're in unrepentant sin. So, just letting you know that now. Just hanging it out there. If y'all ever go crazy want to start doing your own thing and living however you want to do. We love you, but by the grace of God, that's not going to be accepted in this, in this ministry, in this church. Um, that doesn't mean we, you're never going to be talked to again. doesn't mean you're never going to be invited back. Just word of caution, don't try it. <laughs> you will get... You, you will get disciplined. Not just by us. <laughs> there is a thing that is called church discipline. I know plenty of people who have been put on church discipline. Uh, but more than that, God is not mocked. Um, he won't accept those types of things. He gives you free will, but you carry a name now. And uh, you were adopted into the family of God when you accepted Jesus Christ. And that's a serious thing. So if you want to drag that name through the mud, Papa don't take no mess. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You feel me? (laughs) Say that. You know what I'm saying? Point eight. (laughs) Okay. To be paired with a discipler, please complete the following form and submit to Van Sneed or Lori Morgan at the discipleship kiosk in the lobby on Sunday morning. You can start filling it out now uh, if you like. You know that this is something that you want to be a part of. If you know that you won't want to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, you need to sign up. 
I'm not going to be like, everyone sign up right now and give me your papers and that's it. This is a decision you have to make. Uh, and some of you may already be in discipleship, um, but some of you, I know for a fact, are considering it and would even like to do it. Um, so, do it. <laughs> it's not, not a difficult decision. This is the best decision <laughs> behind the accepting Jesus Christ then learning about Jesus Christ is the next best thing you can do. <laughs> you can know the Creator. So I encourage you, uh, look on the back, turn all the way to the back of your sheet. There is a form that you sign up. Does everyone have it? Okay, good. I got nervous for a second. I was like, is it there? <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. I'm done.